Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, I am joined by Nick Marcella. He is a self-dubbed Duda, an ordained Dudas priest, and a singer-songwriter who has been writing songs since 2000 and singing all of his life. Nick brings a unique perspective and a unique style to his music, so we're going to be talking to him about that and everything that he's up to and, and all of the projects that he's working on. So, Nick, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, yeah, of course. It's an honor, and I'm very grateful to be with you. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? All right. I'm 40 years old right now. I'm going to be turning 41 right around Thanksgiving. I, uh, I'm a musician. I'm a lay Zen monk. I'm into shamanism. I'm kind of a do-it-yourself type of shaman. Um, and I, I, those are just kind of my little personal specialties. But I, I take what I see of truth and righteousness, you know, wherever, who, what, where, when, why, and how I find it in the universe. So I, you know, I don't try to be too defined by any of those things. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I try to use music as a tool to provide society with something, you know, worthwhile and constructive, but entertaining at the same time, if possible. Well, you tell everybody that you're a self-dubbed Duda and an ordained Dudas priest. So explain to the listeners what that is. All right. Well, it's my, well, the self-dubbed Duda thing is kind of a, my own personal spin on uh, exactly how I would define myself um, in terms of, you know, in Buddhism, there's different ways um, individuals can be defined like bodhisattvas, Buddhas, monks, Zen masters, stuff like that. And I figured one of my favorite Buddhist figures is the laughing Buddha. And I figured, you know, for me, maybe I could be like, if there can be a laughing Buddha, why can't there be a comedian Duda? So I was kind of trying to take myself lightly and acknowledge, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, in some ways to me, the further along the path I've gotten, I have a song about it where the chorus is, could it be that a mystery is just part of how it be? Could that be why the more we see, the more blind we can be? And I think I was kind of trying to play my low cards out front with the whole Duda thing, considering, I don't know, just be casual and every day and like I really am in real life, you know, And but still acknowledge that there's something going on. Because I think there's a little bit of, a, you know, a spark of something, just something cool in all throughout the universe. Different religions call it different things like the Holy Spirit or Buddha nature or whatever you want to call it. But um, I I don't know. I was trying to give pay homage to that with the name Duda, too. And the ordained Duda's priest thing, 
it's kind of a parody religion that actually legally matters in the state of Maine anyways. I had a couple friends who wanted me to be the minister at their wedding legally, and I found out that I could ordain myself as a Dudas priest legally, and I could perform their wedding for them and sign off on it and everything. So it happened to be a perfect fit for me. And uh, it's a parody religion based on the movie The Big Lebowski and the main hero who's kind of your completely unorthodox hero figure. He's like this guy. He He's on welfare. He, he smokes marijuana. He drinks alcohol, white Russians in particular. Uh, and he's he's like a pacifist. And uh, he, it's kind of inspired by some Zen and Taoist type of Eastern uh, philosophies in terms of a lot of the, the, the parts that have to do with Dudism anyways, that Dudism takes from the movie. I don't know if you know anything about Taoism or Zen in particular, but um, there are some parallels. Well, I can't say I do, but All right. why don't you start? Why don't you tell the listeners how, how you got started into music? I know you said you've been doing it all your life and writing since 2000, but, but how did you, what influenced you and got you started? Um, well, I mean, I took all my elementary schools had music classes, just real basic ones. So when I was young, I kind of got the hang of some of that stuff, at least the basics and I, I played cello, actually, for a year in fourth grade, but then we moved and the new school didn't have a cello program. But uh, I, I I was an art kid, actually, all growing up for the most part. That was what I one of the things I did best and one of the ways I invested most a lot of time in anyways. Uh, and I started picking up guitar at about 18 years old and I realized I like to write poetry, and if I combined all these things, I could write songs, and it's just a totally different format for expression than visual arts. I felt like I could, I could in some ways say more and in some ways leave it up to the listener that much more, depending on how I did it, and it, it was just a really powerful tool for social change and justice and uh, even social medicine and in my kind of shamanistic perspective. So I decided I wanted to practice a lot and I kept dropping out of art school and because uh, I wanted to do music, but I play by ear. So, and I'm, except for whatever basic lessons I took back way back when, pretty much self-taught in terms of all the instruments I play. But yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of blossomed from there. Took some classes with Berkeley online a while ago to really polish my production chops, if you will. And uh, I just released an album called Alternative Phenomenon on 10-11-2022. And that's pretty much where I'm at right now. Well, speaking of that album, what, what was the inspiration behind the title of that? that album, Alternative Phenomenon? It was kind of like, I felt like the path that life had kind of led myself down and even the paths I kept choosing out of my options a lot of times seemed to be the alternative phenomenon, whatever it may have been 
and not maybe the, the one right right that I don't know almost it kind of like a it had, some of it had a real surreal kind of Wizard of Oz or maybe Alice in Wonderland type of matrixy vibe to it where there's this like feeling throughout the process of spiritual awakening and walking the path or whatever you want to call it the way whatever your way of putting it is following your heart whatever um uh, i yeah it, it just there was this almost common theme of it wasn't the illusion that seemed to present itself that was the best part or the you know the part you want to stick with or choose and some of what seemed real was actually worse than what seemed worse and so it was almost my way of commenting on on that kind of thing putting my own spin on some similar themed ideas and ideals well if somebody walked up to you and said hey nick what kind of music do you do what what style classification would your music be what would you tell them oh man that's always such a hard question for me to answer but it's a really it can all right i'll I'll try a few different tactics genre wise i would say it's kind of like uh indie alternative folk rock singer songwriter stuff with influences from jazz blues funk reggae hip-hop and soul and a little bit of world music influence. Um, but at the same time, not, I don't know. I've also heard uh, one of my favorite descriptions that actually sums it up in some ways that that fails to as many, as surprising as that may be with so many words that it could still fail to sum it up, but leave it to words sometimes, right? Anyways, my cousin once said it had a timeless original sound which I thought was kind of cool because I do kind of go for a bit of a paradox like that where, you know, uh, hopefully you haven't heard anything quite like it before, but you could imagine someone listening to it, you know, a million years from now too or something. Gorilla Production Methods. Tell us about that uh-huh. saying and, and explain to us what that means. All right. So uh, sometimes... I had this really cool teacher in Berkeley who taught us some of the interesting, almost like hacks to producing where the lo-fi method is actually preferable for the artistic integrity of the project somehow, or, or at least as a tool. And I thought that was really interesting because I had a lot of old recordings and some of them were even made in a mental institution as a patient, um, talking about basically how reality is part illusion. And it was almost my way of trying to turn my, what, what felt on borderline like a martyrdom or something, because I was sitting there trying to be the nicest guy I could be. And it seemed like everything was just going wrong for me and circumstance and situation after another led me there because I was having like a spiritual awakening and uh, my psychologist and all my hippie friends and stuff thought I had gifts that were being misinterpreted as symptoms, but uh, my psychiatrist wanted me on pills. So uh, anyways, I recorded, I wanted to make good use of my time while I was there. 
So I got, I got permission to use this one little room and it's like this completely empty room and it has kind of a weird ambiance acoustically to it because it's totally bare except for a table and chair and it's like a small square room which they tell you not to record in if it's not treated right production wise but I actually it almost gives it like a a hauntingly intimate vibe when I mixed it into some other recordings with my modern uh, current studio that is acoustically treated and I, with my newly found, you know, production uh, capabilities, I wanted to make use of kind of this, this tragedy, this, this, but this almost like bucking the system from the belly of the beast and make that an actual part of the, 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 the piece of art itself. Um, and I thought that was really cool conceptually and as an artist. And it was kind of my little way of, you know, instead of fighting back with violence against a system that may not have treated me the way I treated it or wanted to be treated, it was my way of trying to turn a tragedy into a triumph via art. Okay. Well, you also chose to donate proceeds from your CD auction to the Shaolin Temple. Tell us why you chose that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, They are the original Zen Temple. Nowadays, they're, by a lot of people, they're more known for their, their martial arts. But they're actually, the original Zen Temple is how that the martial arts tradition even started at that temple started with uh the introduction of zen buddhism uh but uh yeah i just they're awesome i don't know if anyone out there has ever heard of St- the show on it was on tv a while ago stanley's superhumans but these shaolin monks get they train so hard and they are so righteous and they can do things that are you know just incredible feats of strength and toughness and and stanley's show was called stanley's superhumans and stanley is the guy i believe from marvel is it i think uh and he uh he came up with all these comic book characters and so to make a show he went around um getting scientific data even on some of these people who can do things that your average person just can't hope to and there were multiple shows with Shaolin monks doing, like, I saw a Shaolin monk apply over 200 fo- pounds of force with a power drill to his own navel and temple. And all it did was chafe it, left it a tiny bit pink. So I was like, these guys are my, are like living superheroes. So I, I, the Shaolin temple, I, to- I got to in touch with someone there and, I told he asked me how I would like it to be used, and I said on uh, meditation tools and um, medicine. Okay, well, congratulations on that. Tell yeah. us, tell us about some of your biggest musical influences and your inspiration for writing your your songs. All right, some of my biggest musical influences. Let's see, I was kind of raised on classic rock. Um, and then when I started kind of reaching out to find my own music scene, a lot of it was the kind of 90s alternative scene, the grunge scene, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Sublime, stuff like that in particular. Some hip-hop, like Wu-Tang, I, I, I got 
more into Wu-Tang as I got older even, but uh, and hip-hop too, uh, as I discovered more of the underground. Because I was, I was kind of disheartened by some of the trends in the 90s of pop culture that kind of cheapened the art form of music, in my opinion, with their money-making approaches. But, you know, uh, then... I I started getting into a lot of the hippie music, jam bands, jazz, Modesky, Martin and Wood, you know, the Grateful Dead, Strange Folk. Uh, let's see. Um, I like I listened to some world music in uh, in college that really broadened my horizons on what was capable with these totally different sounding scales that other cultures use and stuff. It was kind of eye-opening, made me want to experiment a little within my own system that I was comfortable with. Um, and, uh, yeah, nowadays I, I listen to a lot of a lot of stuff. A lot of the same old stuff has stuck with me the whole time. And in addition, some of my current favorites are like uh, Nako and Medicine for the People, um, Trevor Hall, MC Yogi, um, uh, yeah, Jack Johnson, Ben Harper, tons of people. I, I G Love. I always feel like I can never list enough names because really, there's so many incredible artists out there. It, it's really, it's really such a blessing to have such that we get to pick what we listen to nowadays. That's so cool. Back if you think about it, back in the old days, whatever schmuck with a guitar and a, or a lute and a voice came by whistling a song. You had to listen to whatever he was playing, you know? Absolutely. Well, tell us about, I know you said you had the alternative phenomenon out. You got any upcoming things that you're working on that people need to know about? I'm working on uh, uh, my hip hop debut. Actually, I, I got the chance to buy the rights to a beat with a feature uh, featuring Kill a Priest from Wu-Tang Clan, and I added some instrumentation, and I decided to give a, a little more, uh, a bit of a kind of emceeing myself a little bit type of experiment to try, because I had tried it a couple times on, uh, on some stuff, but nothing that ever got released uh, in any professional capacity, so this will be my first uh, kind of putting it out there. I, I like it so far. I'm excited about it. So that'll be coming out at some point. I'm still trying to get some female vocalists to help me finish it off. And I got a beatboxer I'm waiting on too, but should be cool. Most definitely. Throw out your contact information, website, tell us social media where we can find you at and keep up with everything that you're doing. All right. Yeah. If you want a one-stop shop for like a lot, pretty much most of most of my main uh, stuff online, it's my w official website is just meditativeanimal.com. That's M-E-D-I-T-A-T-I-V-E-A-N-I-M-A-L, all one word in the URL anyways, dot com. Um, I'm on Twitter. If you look up Meditative Animal, I got the little paw print logo um, with a heart in it. Uh, let's see. I'm on YouTube. I got some lyric videos up right now. It's youtube.com slash user slash meditative animal again. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm on all the major streaming services. So, um, you know, 
feel free to use whatever you want and just look up meditative animal, maybe alternative phenomenon if you want to see the latest stuff. All right. We'll close this out with some final thoughts. Maybe something that I forgot to touch on or any final thoughts that you have for the listeners to close this out. Oh, you know, I think he did a great job. Uh, I uh, Final thoughts. Let's see. Well, you know, kind of crazy times we live in. I, I wish everybody out there much love and many blessings. And thanks for taking the time to hear me ramble. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you for taking the time to grace the listeners with your presence and letting us know about everything that you're up to. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Marsola, the meditative animal. Please be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode, check out everything that he's up to. And if you enjoy this episode, if you enjoy the show, please be sure to tell a friend, Mr. Meditative Animal. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.